Hello, and welcome to Culture Dumps. This is a uh, split, well, semi-split episode between one of our special guest episodes and a dump. Uh, I'm here with our returning guest, Adam Papagan. Now, Adam, you're usually here to talk about cheeseburgers or the new monkeys or your... your... Peralta's vault? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mystery of Al Capone's vault and your run for California state governor. Right, yeah, yeah. But this week, I'm the dump. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's come full circle. So... We met, like, officially really through one of your tours. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I took your your OJ tour. But you do a bunch of tours. You run Cool LA Tours. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what are the tours that Cool LA Tours offers? So we do the OJ tour, which is the most popular one, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tour, the Vanderpump Rules tour, and the Curb Your Enthusiasm tour. Yeah. Which one is the most popular? OJ. Yeah. Because that one you don't. It's a legitimate like news event with an interesting story. The other ones, you have to be a fan of the show to get anything out of it. Yeah, I, I could see that. When did you start? I mean, because you've always done like kind of interesting, fun pop culture stuff. I mean, you're yeah. public access guy. You've mm-hmm. had shows on public access forever. Uh, like, was the Dell Talk Show your first that you did? Yeah, that was that was the when I was like 15, 14, 15, I started that. I guess that would be my first project that was like me do it you know but always like when i was a kid i'd draw my own comic books and i would do i'm always up to something yeah but that was the the first thing that like i was proud to show people and and it's it holds up dude i mean i just showed uh my girlfriend the other day your um after it was at the after school yeah. episode uh-huh. it's it's seriously one of my favorite things oh, well thank you that's from 10 years ago though there's a whole other set of episodes though from when i was like a child right like, i had like my teachers on and stuff um <laughs> classic yeah, public access yeah it was yeah it was good times yeah well w- when did you start doing tours like i know you were doing the oj one like so unofficially for a long time yeah unofficially i kind of got the oj tour must have been about 2007, eight or so. Um, but then in the summer of 2016, I started working for a tour company, like a, um, they did private tours. So it was a little better, a little higher end. Um, but just working for like a, one of those generic uh, Hollywood sightseeing tour companies. Yeah. And I was already doing the OJ tour at the time and it was kind of getting more popular and I learned the industry and really all you need is a vehicle with commercial auto insurance and a little hustle and uh, a lot of expertise. Which right. I mean, I you had. make it sound easy. Like all you need are these three things. But, dude, it's fucking like all those things are a little bit harder to to achieve, which is what makes you know me so proud of you as my friend that you've oh, well, thank come you. so far thank with you. it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm saying I. I once I had built up those things, yes. all that was standing in the way for me keeping all the money and getting $16 an hour was, a, a you know, some auto insurance or whatever. Yeah, I, ba- I basically just kind of got tired of. And, you know, it was there was a the company I worked for was not paying overtime. And, you know, you, you, that's actually almost kind of better when you don't know, because then you do all the hours and you just think, well, I guess that's how it is. And you build up all of this overtime and then you can go to them and be like, Hey, you're busted. Yeah. Pay me out. Right. Whereas if up front you're like, oh, you don't pay f- overtime, then oh, forget this. I'm not working here. So right. I kind of tricked them into paying me the overtime. Well, like, it, like it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I got, when I left, 
I was doing the OJ tour and I was working for this company summer of 2016, which with the election, it was, that was a heady summer. There was just a lot of energy going on. Um, and uh, I got I some money working there and then they paid me like five grand in back money they were supposed to pay me. And that was when Airbnb Experiences was starting. I was one of the first people on that platform. So it all just kind of came together. The barrier to entry was low enough that I was able to kind of get started pretty quickly. And then, you know, the insurance is not cheap. So I had to add tours and, and get better at it and, you know, word of mouth and things like that. So it just kind of grew from there. That was in um, 2017 that I kind of went. I got that's when I got the Bronco and, and went out on my own. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, huge turning point, because when I went on the tour, it was in a van. And I remember like not knowing what to expect. And like you I don't know how you do it now, but like the way it was when I went. And I'd been twice uh, at, at that point, but the first time, you, you know, you, you meet on a residential street across from a middle school that's like focal to the story. And uh, when everyone got in the van and you had a headset, I was like, oh, this is legit. <laughs> <laughs> like, the headset made everything like come yeah. together. And I was like instantly like in the world because before I was like, OK, it's a guy from like the scene, like doing a tour, like maybe as like an art project or something. And then you're like, oh, no, this is like fucking for real. Yeah. We don't have the headset anymore. Well, you don't need it. You have no. a smaller. Well, smaller you have a vehicle. smaller but still large car because you do it in a fucking Ford Bronco. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is the whole hundred fifty dollar fill up. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and the white Bronco is so fucking iconic mm. that like part of the whole gag is that you're driving one through these like locations of the OJ story. Yeah. so it's like it like you're really a part of it when you're when you're on this tour. So I will. I wanted to shoehorn in OJ because people ask us, oh, are you ever going to do that? It's such a pop culture thing, but it's too big and there's too many like. It's been covered. It's the most publicized event ever to happen in human history. Yes. Literally. Right. There's, as it was happening, it was being documented 24 hours a day by several different sources constantly. There's nothing else to say. I'm the OJ guy. I can tell you. It's all known. <laughs> Everything about it is known and was known the entire time it was happening. Yeah, and you also did uh, a pop-up museum. Yeah, that was a okay, pop-up museum, and that was amazing. Like you had how, how many like bootleg T-shirts did you have on display? We had about eighty bootleg OJ T-shirts. Fucking crazy yeah. shit, dude! Eighty sure, and and there's more. Like that oh, was there, just the ones that you could get. Three hundred that we have we documented. Me and the other collector. That's insane. But man. we had about eighty of them in the museum. Motherfucker. All right. So I remember working at the Museum of Death. These kids from Ireland came in and they saw the O.J. Simpson uh, exhibit and they didn't really know anything about it. And they're like, what is that? And the only way I could relate it to someone, I was like, well, do you guys know who Shaq is? And they were like, yes, we know who Shaq is. I was like, OK, imagine if Shaq right now in his career, like was accused of killing his wife and, and a friend of hers. Like, that's what it was, because he was this legendary fucking sports star that had been in movies, was in all these commercials, and now was an announcer, uh, was kind of like like America's, like, smiling face of, of football. Of Obviously, Shaq is basketball. But then this horrible thing happens, and he becomes way more famous for something absolutely terrible. Yeah, Shaq is maybe the closest one I compare people who don't know, because Shaq is known for, like, acting and is, as, like, a TV pitch man. But with OJ... There really weren't too many black. A, there weren't. He came onto the scene a little bit before athletes were paid tens of millions of dollars a season. 
Right. So this was before the era of superstar athletes, A, and then B, black superstar athletes. He's also pretty – I mean, I guess Jim Brown would be the one who preceded him. Jim Brown, also a bad guy, wife beater, um, <laughs> tons of stuff. But um, These guys that are full of testosterone that play a full-contact sport really seem to be heavy-handed with the misses, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how these uh, people who are given everything, shown there are no consequences, and then suffer head trauma on a regular basis yeah. <laughs> uh, go on to, to do these horrible acts. Um, yeah, and then you have also the – interracial aspect of it. Nicole being a white woman, of course, OJ right. being black. And so, I mean, even to now today, people are weird about interracial relationships. In the 90s, yeah. it was even more, it was getting accepted, but there was still this like, ooh, oh, oh, like it's like the biggest deal in the world, which it's like, who cares? Right, and, and where the whole crime took place and everything. Also, pre- preceding OJ are all these intense fucking instances of racial violence especially in los angeles in, in, in california you had that that young girl latasha harlands uh, yeah and, and you had the guy that was killed by the lapd during chokehold mm-hmm. you had rodney the king, rodney king being the biggest and then after rodney King, once the smoke settles after the la riots some of the, like the i mean with the exception of watts in, in the 60s the worst you know uh, civil unrest that the state has ever seen mm-hmm. uh, maybe the country has ever seen up until 2020 really and and then you have this affluent like iconic black man on trial and it it really was framed to be white versus black so for the yeah. and, and also too i think it's important to to remember that this is the OJ murders were six months after the Tanya Harding scandal. This right. is a year, two years before the Clinton scandal. This is a, the same time as John Bonet. Yeah, so Menendez Brothers as is, is well. We're, a little we're, before. We're, yeah, we're a little before, and I believe their second trial, like the ratings were taken over by OJ like at, at this time. Like, yeah, we were so just primed to have a new big trial that everyone was going to be obsessed with. Yeah, this didn't exist as an isolated incident. This is uh, car chases were on TV a lot back yeah. then. Um, so it's to the point where the, the cops said to the news, they're like, stop covering the car chases because it's making people run from the cops to get on TV. So, <laughs> Which is so stupid because it's like, okay, you don't see anyone get away. So why are you doing that? <laughs> like, you know, and all you're doing is just put like for every minute you're in a car chase, add another couple years onto your mm-hmm. sentence. Like that's, that's what's happening to you. Like in yeah. real time, you could see the ticker of your speedometer rolling mm-hmm. with the time you're going to spend behind bars. So for, for the, the uninitiated, w- when does OJ start? Like what? When does the whole scandal and trial and all that start? Let Let's go through it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll keep it brief. But I know that you're the guy to kind yeah. of cover this. Okay. Well, if you want to actually do the chron the chronology of it, this is stuff wasn't at, known at the time. Right. But, but basically, this is this is the chronology of OJ's life and how he found himself in this position. Uh, so grew up in the uh, projects of San Francisco and Petrero Hill. Um, there's, there's a scene in the made for TV movie, the OJ Simpson story, which was made before it was rushed into production yeah. so that it would come out the week the trial started <laughs> before um, anyone knew how it even ended. Well, you knew how it was going to end from the beginning. The car chase tells you how it's going to end. It foreshadows sure. it. Sure. Like any good TV show. Um, it's the overture almost to the thing. Um, so OJ would basically, in the, and there's a scene in this movie where he gets in trouble. He gets in a street fight or something like that. And he's a track star at his high school. And so um, instead of going to juvie, 
one of like like I think it's like Ernie Banks or somebody like some like famous black athlete. He gets OJ gets to go over to his house and he's like, "You got a real gift there, son. Don't let it go to waste." And he basically learns that being good at sports will get him out of anything. Sure. Yeah. Um, so this <laughs> is yeah already a setup thing. Um, he he goes to USC, wins the Heisman Trophy, goes on to the Bills. They weren't a great team, but he was a great player. He's the first football player to join the 2,000-yard club, which means he ran over 2,000 yards in one season. Is that, that is that a lot? So that's <laughs> so that was when yes, it is. Um, it was um, when they had a also when there was a 14-game season, not a 17-game season. So he did it over 2,000 yards in 14 games. If you average it out yards per game, it's about 160 yards a game. Wow. Fuck. So he's way ahead of anybody on average yards per game they're better at tackling now though so it's also like right you're the first one anyway um <laughs> uh but yeah he was this hero he starts doing commercials hurts commercials chevy commercials pioneer chicken um so much stuff he comes as tv pitch man even while he's still an athlete the last year of his career he's now transitioning into this acting kind of phase of his career last year of his career maybe last two years he plays for the 49ers his hometown team but he has a place in la he goes into a restaurant in Rodeo Drive called The Daisy. It's the daytime. And he meets this beautiful young blonde woman, Nicole Brown, who he falls in love with. Now, Nicole was 18 years old at the time. This is her first job the summer after graduating from high school. OJ's first <laughs> words to her, don't worry, I'm one of the good ones. What within, the fuck? <laughs> within two weeks, they start dating and he gets her her own apartment in Los Angeles. So already right from the beginning, you have this power dynamic with this age difference you have um him lavishing gifts on her you have gaslighting and you have isolation he's isolating her from her support system her friends her family they're down in orange county so this is all classic abuser narcissistic abuse behavior you live in an apartment that i pay for so you pretty much can only do the things that i say you're able to do because i fucking paid for that shit yeah yeah and don't don't worry about it important thing though don't worry about it i'm oj don't worry about it exactly but was wasn't he married at that time? Yes, and he was also married. Yeah, with yes. kids. Yeah, so he's twelve years older than her and married with three kids at home, um, one of whom drowned at Rockingham as as an infant. Rockingham um, being OJ's palatial. palatial estate that he lived in during the whole murder stuff. Yeah, yeah. So then OJ, you know, he has this acting career. He's in he's in Roots. I don't know. Yeah, he's that. in Roots. Yeah. He's in uh, Capricorn One. He's in Naked Gun. Obviously. First and ten. First and Ten was a TV show he was on, HBO show, um, just before the murders. Um, he's in a movie with Tim Buckley, the folk singer, the psychedelic folk singer. It's a like a made-for-TV shot on home video movie <laughs> that has the two of them in it. It's on YouTube. Crazy. And it's all improvised. It's just it's so weird. Um, so he's like around pop culture. People know him. Naked with, Gun. Yeah, Naked Gun. Um, with, also during this time. Uh, 1985, the cops are called to the house for a domestic violence thing. Um, 1989, they have to come back, and he's actually charged with domestic violence. He's given community service. He blows it off. He doesn't do it. There's no consequences right. for it. Um, whispers within their friend group that, you know, maybe things aren't what they see. But but, but within this context, 92, OJ and Nicole get divorced. She's going to make up for lost time, make him jealous. Because, you know, these kind of abusive relationships are are – 
I'm not saying it's one person's. It's obviously the abuser's fault. Duh, but, yeah. But people fall into these patterns and they play off of each other and it's a dance. Sure. And you don't even realize you're doing sure. it. Sure. And she, you know, like you said, when they met, she was 18. So, yeah. like, she had, like, her kind of, like, growth as an individual was stunted because she yeah. had always been with them. So now she's not. So it's, like, all this party shit. And, mm-hmm. like, not that she was, like, raging so fucking hard or anything. No. But she's going out and being a single woman, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And, like, and doing some things that maybe most people would have done in their early 20s. But, it, you know, she, she it's was a little later. She yeah, so kids. it's a little later. Big deal. But, but so what? I, all things that you and I probably do on a weekly basis sure. <laughs> um uh yeah so they get back together for a year then they decide they're going to split up after those year reconciliation and you don't leave a guy like oj twice and she knew this she changed her will a few weeks before her murder ah. um so it's it's pretty obvious who the prime suspect is from the beginning i think it's something like 80 percent of of women who are murdered are murdered by an intimate partner like that's that's the first person they look at. When, that's yeah. who gets murdered. It's women by their their boyfriend or husband. Yeah, that's like watch watch Forty Eight Hours. Yeah, it's that's like every murder. Okay, so right. or you can watch the first Forty Eight, starring uh, seminal figure to the OJ story, Marsha Clark. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. So you know Nicole snubs him. Whatever. He goes over there. Maybe there's somebody else there. Whatever. She dies and her friend dies. Who She may have been hooking up with. They might have just been friends. Really doesn't matter. There's now a double murder that O.J. Simpson is um, at the center of. Yeah. However, O.J. Simpson is a beloved celebrity, a wealthy beloved celebrity who has a lot of it's, you know, the 2016 election actually might be a good comparative comparison to this because you have someone who's very experienced with the media with. And the media is obviously biased, obviously is evil, but I've always maintained that the media's number one agenda is self-promotion, self just to perpetuate if it bleeds, it leads. Absolutely. They'll turn on, they'll turn on a source if they know it's going to be bigger ratings. They'll just do whatever it takes to just keep the machine going. They don't care what's right or wrong. They don't care about facts, really. It's just how can you keep the story going? So then the media machine starts... The trial, Judge Ito decides, and again, there's the Menendez brothers. Trial is on TV. Um, Court Court TV TV just started. CNN, so you have this, like, you know, the birth of kind of this neoliberal uh, propaganda machine of just needing to fill uh, information 24 hours a day in 24-hour news cycle. And then this is a story that has celebrities, sports, money, race, violence, sex, intrigue secrets it's made made for television but it's real life it's crazy um so immediately five days after the murders is this white the infamous white bronco chase yeah watched by 95 million people so around explain the world the white bronco chase. how does it start and how does it end all right so oj was supposed to turn himself in they know he's gonna arrest it he's the prime suspect of course he's the prime suspect he's the ex-husband who's been beating her and getting away with it for years right um they're going to arrest him Friday morning, the 17th. OJ is nowhere to be found. They go to his room and they find a suicide note. Now, OJ is a narcissist. Narcissists usually don't kill kill themselves. They usually don't. That's why Epstein, it's very unlikely that he killed himself. Sure. Just based on the type of person he was. Exactly. Um, so, But there's this suicide note. He could have been just planning on fleeing to Mexico with his best friend, AC, 
They go down to Orange County so OJ can pay his respects at Nicole's grave. He has a gun with him, also a disguise and $1,800 in cash. <laughs> and the disguise is what? Like, it's like a fake beard and a hat. Yeah, it's like the most cliche, like, TV, like, disguise. It might as well have been, like, the Groucho glasses yeah. with the nose. Like, it's just exactly. the stupidest. Yeah. Um, so the Turs, who were this couple who did... Um, they actually shot uh, the Reginald Denny beating during the L.A. riots. From right, the, yeah. They had a helicopter and a camera, and they would go out, and they would film car chases and all sorts of stuff like this. They find O.J. on the freeway. 18 helicopters. You know, news helicopters from around, from Mexico they were flying in to get, because they could get up to L.A. or whatever. It's helicopters. This trial, and it's during the NBA playoffs. So it's already people watching TV, a lot of interest, Knicks and Rockets, and this, two teams that don't make it to the playoffs. This car chase gets shown on television, and not only is it shown on television, for some reason, the the feed of OJ negotiating with the cops is being broadcast on the news. Like, this celebrity, Shaq, has a gun to his mouth. Yeah. And is like, I don't know, man. I think I'm just going to do it. And then, like, the cops, it's crazy. Like, come on, Juice. Don't do, you don't want to do this, Juice. Like, they're on, like, a fucking nickname basis with this guy, because the cops seem yeah. to like him. Yeah, everybody likes him. He's OJ. Yeah, everyone likes OJ. Yeah, but it's like... This is not information. Except for the people that know him. Yeah. <laughs> like, and even then. Yeah, and even then they yeah. let him get away with no, shit. No, no, no. Um, but like, this isn't. This goes beyond like, this is in the public interest to know this. Yeah, it's interesting. But like, what if he blew his brains out and that audio is on the news? Like, it's wouldn't it's, it be the first time. Yeah. So already, it's and speaks to the role the media plays in perpetuating, right. like, making these tragedies worse than they need to be. So immediately right there, you have this car chase. It's just an undeniable event. And that's the reason it became such a big thing is because the car chase. It's just so juicy, so intriguing. And it foreshadows the whole thing happening. He gets a slap. It gets away with it in the end. Yeah, they let him go inside and drink well, a glass of orange juice and call his mom. Before yeah, but, him. well, because he had a gun, the whole idea, like, it's always known as, as a slow speed or car mm -hmm. chase because it, it is. Like, they're not, like, whipping through neighborhoods and no. stuff like that. They're letting him do it, and no one's engaging the vehicle because they feel like, well, if we ram it or something, he might fucking kill himself, and then we're responsible for O.J. Simpson blowing his brains out. But because it was slow speed, there's fucking, like, Thousands of people lining the freeways and the streets, like cheering him on, making signs they, like it's a sporting event, like giving OJ this like total fucking like comfortable place to exist in during this moment. Because that's what he's always been used to. Very familiar to him. Yeah. The cheering fans. So crazy. Imagine like, oh shit, OJ's running from the cops. I need to go make a sign. Yeah. Like you run out to CVS yeah. and you like get the marker. Yeah. And, Do you have any glitter? Yeah. Love OJ. Pray for OJ. Like whatever. God. So right there from the beginning, then the media machine starts. And OJ had the dream team, which cost him tens of thousands of dollars a day. And so he had the money to pay people to go through the police report with a fine-tuned comb. I had one time on the tour a retired NYPD officer, and he goes, every case has mistakes in it. It's just a matter of if you have a lawyer who can go through and find the mistakes. Right. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Every case has mistakes <laughs> yeah. in it? Seems like that's... A big part of the problem here. I always felt like some of the mis like mistakes, so to speak, uh, in the OJ thing were were made because it was so cut and dry that he did it that like c corners were cut because they're like, well, like this is so fucking obvious. Let's just get this paperwork out of the way so we can you know g get yeah. this guy. And because of that, they left wide open all these escape routes. Yeah, and let's look at some of the other uh, cases the LAPD has had over the years. Marilyn Monroe, Robert Kennedy. 
the notorious B.I.G., all high-profile cases that are poorly investigated, yeah. <laughs> and then there's lingering questions for decades, and everyone thinks it's this big conspiracy. Right. So it's, you know, you have this situation where if you really don't want to believe that he did it, there's enough there. And then the defense or the prosecution comes on with this version of things that, like, yeah, could have happened, but if you're if you're watching the trial even, you're like, well, that couldn't have happened how they said it happened. So you have this, like, the man, the system, bullshitting you. Yeah. You know, and kind of telling you, no, this is how things are. And in your gut, you're being like, I don't think OJ would have done that. He's a big star. He played for the Trojans. He's in the Naked Gun movies. Why would he Why would he do something like this? Right. Well, and then some of the evidence would come out. Like, for instance, like how you said that the cops were called twice. Well, those 911 calls are played. And in one of them, you fucking hear OJ tearing yeah. the house apart. Mm -hmm. Like, screaming at this yeah. woman and she's scared for her life. And then Nicole was smart enough to leave, like, to save an apology note that he wrote to her for beating her. Mm -hmm. Along with some Polaroids yeah. of her, her injuries that get brought in. Still not enough. And then on top of that, the, pro the head prosecutor was Marsha Clark, the single mom. She had prosecuted uh, the Robert Rebecca Bardo Schaefer. case, the Rebecca yeah. Schaefer, you know, celebrity stalker thing. Huge high profile stuff. She she was had a great track record. But the all the media harped on was like her fucking haircut. She smokes. She's a single mom. Like all this shit well, that, that kind of discredited the whole prosecution just based on them as people, not their job. Well, like the 2016 election. Oh, Hillary Clinton, she's wearing those pantsuits again. Oh, and it's, it is a legitimately, like, unlikable person versus a kind of like a flawed but likable person. Right. Who, like, Donald Trump hosted SNL. Like, there's blood yeah. on Lorne Michaels' hands for this. Right. They let him host <laughs> SNL while he was running. Right. They had to limit the amount of time he was on because yeah. there's equal exposure laws. There was nothing he could have done to, like, fuck up, like, the opinion that his supporters had of him. Yeah. And that's how it was with OJ. But like, and the media is just like, OJ wasn't running for president. He was just trying to get off of murder. Yeah. And the LAPD, everyone was already kind of up in arms with them because yeah. they had just like caused the city to be burnt down to the ground mm -hmm. just like a, what, a year or two prior. And the media is like, I don't know. What do you think? Think you did it? <laughs> Pretty crazy, isn't it? The, uh, the bootleg t-shirts we talked about a moment ago. About a quarter of them are, he's not guilty. The other quarter are guilty. The majority of them, guilty? Mm. <laughs> mm. What could it be? It's a mystery. And it's like, you got to just go, this is not a Look, I don't know exactly how he did it. I don't know exactly what route he took home. So he did it in the seven minutes, not the 12 minutes or whatever. But he fucking did it. Yeah. It's the obvious, most obvious thing in the world. This is plain as day. And we, we talked about this, uh, well, like I, I mentioned this briefly on our uh, Livestrong episode, how Lance Armstrong got this one doctor that was just known for steroids, and if mm -hmm. you were going to see him, it's just assumed. Like, OJ's dream team was made up of, like, every single lawyer that you would get if you had done it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like fucking <laughs> F. Lee Bailey got the fucking Boston Strangler off of murder charges and instead just charged with the sex crime aspect. Uh, one of the most notorious serial killers mm -hmm. of all time. He did it with a smile on his face. Shapiro famously got Marlon Brando's son uh, a lesser That's sentence right. yeah. for literally blowing a guy's brains out while he slept on his couch. Like, I mean, crazy yeah. shit. And then Johnny Cochran, who, you know, yes, did a lot Jackson. of stuff for civil rights. Yeah, he, he handled Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Right before this. It's, it's that was so, in 93. Yeah, it's yeah. so fucking crazy. I mean, dude, just like L.A. courtrooms, man, are just fucking yeah. jammed. Because in L.A., you're even the news, the local news here 
is is a just a, a, a hair away from professional show business. Right. So yeah. there's always this like oh celebrity and you get caught up in it and and I mean like I'm a tour guide, I get it. You know, like right. oh cele- oh they're so magical, they're so whatever. And it's like OJ Simpson, the sports star, the pitch man, the comedian, you're right. He would not have done this. OJ Simpson, the person, the narcissist, abuser, wife beater yeah. with brain damage from football. Adulterer, all that shit, yeah. Yeah, he would have done it. Right. Not the OJ you know, but the but the the real person. Yeah, yeah. he totally would have done it. Right. And I mean, and like the whole like timeline and stuff, like where, you know, so Real quick, like, what is, like, the official timeline of the prosecution that's starting with the dance recital to when they get killed? Or, or to when he gets on the plane to Chicago? Um, the, the main part of it that doesn't add up is, and OJ talks about this and If I Did It, um, they have the murders at 1045, but OJ said he was already back home by 1041. He looked at the, clash, the, the, the clock on the dashboard of the Bronco as he was pulling into uh, onto Rockingham. It's at 1041. Um, also, they have him because of a witness who could have been a flawed witness said she saw OJ at the corner of Bundy and San Vicente, which um, they, the prosecution assumed he had taken Bundy all the way up to sunset and then left on sunset and up. But as a local like myself would know, and OJ even says this specifically in if I did it, he turns left out of the alley on Montana, goes up Gretna Green, left on San Vicente and then up Bristol, which is how we go on the tour. Um, and so that's a shortcut that would save you from having to wait at any stoplights or stop signs. It's just a, a, a clear shot up there. Yeah. So the earlier timeline and the alternate route account account for how he would have had more time to do it, to go over there earlier. To, you know, maybe he just went over to Slasher Tires. You know, we don't know. He, of course, says that there was somebody there with him, which I'm of the opinion of. Well, then how do you prove that? Where has that person been the last 30 years? You know, yeah. you're right back to the same thing. But if there was someone else there, it would explain any loose ends. Yeah. Well, and that's what you would do. You so. would just say the one thing that would explain it. So, like, my understanding, sh- short version, is his daughter had a dance recital at the at the middle school. OJ goes. Him and Nicole are separated at the time. She's there with her family. He shows up. He's, like, kind of trying to, you know, tag along with them. Mm-hmm. No, you're not invited, OJ. You're a piece of shit. They go out to dinner at Mezzaluna, uh, where Nicole's mother leaves her sunglasses. They get mm-hmm. home. They call the restaurant. Uh, left her sunglasses. That's when young Ron Goldman, who yeah. knew Nicole, what through the gym or something. Yeah, hang on at Starbucks together. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, "Oh, I'll fucking take these over." Goes home and takes a shower first. Pro- I mean, my opinion on that is, is he's like, "Oh yes, I'm gonna go over to this like fucking milf's house." Yeah, he had um, plans that night though to go out with the bartender from Mezzaluna. Okay, so, so he either way, he's gonna dropping, get ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but nice guy stops over to drop off th- these glasses, and when she comes out to get them, that's when someone comes out and. Right. Like destroys and their bodies. With that's a knife. the other thing is that the prosecution says that Ron walked in on the murders happening and tried mm-hmm. to stop them. And he was this hero. And right. it's like, ah, if I saw murder, I would run away. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So probably. And it does. That doesn't explain why the front gate was how the front gate got open then. Yeah. So also, I, think, I feel like Ron would have had a pretty decent shot at like beating OJ. Yeah. Cause he was like, he was a fit guy trying to be a model actor kind of he had, dude. He had a black belt in judo. And in if I did it, OJ says that Ron did a defensive karate stance. And this is a, a direct quote from if I did it, OJ goes, you're going to do that karate shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
And If I Did It, of course, is the book that came out after all this. Hypothetical where, confession. Yeah, hypothetical confession. Where, where the And I love the, the cover of the book where it says, I did it, but then very small in the eye it says, if. Yeah. Like, it, mm-hmm. It's fucking classic. So, kills them, then gets back to his Bronco. Goes home, hops the fence of his own house. So he the, drops the glove. Yes. Yeah, and... So the driver of the limo that was there to pick him up wouldn't see him. Bumps into his fucking uh, housemates. Fucking <laughs> plays Cato, who's arguably one of the best characters of this whole thing. Oh yeah. And then goes upstairs, gets ready, leaves blood of not only himself because uh, he cut his hand with the knife apparently, uh, but also the blood of Nicole and Ron are, are in his car. On his but, socks, but, in the house. But you see, Ryan, if the racist cops planted the blood, <laughs> yeah. then that would explain how it got there. Right, which is, is something that all of these bumbling racist fools would definitely have the know-how to do uh, in a way okay. that wouldn't come back on them. But, well, okay, but also, like, they're, like they took Van Adder, took, was it Van Adder or Lang? I think Van Adder... Took the evidence home with him after night, at night, overnight, right. yeah. before checking it in. Well, it was evidence. like a pair of shoes or something. Like, like he, he, socks or yeah, something. Yeah, shoes yeah. and socks. He put it in his trunk and was like, oh, I'll turn these in in the morning. Like, to one of the, like, even before they knew it was going to be the biggest media sensation mm-hmm. of the fucking decade yeah. and beyond, like, still knowing this is a huge celebrity, just like, eh, uh, I'll just, like, I'll do this in the morning. Yeah. Um... Also, wouldn't be surprised if uh, the LAPD, uh, at least on occasion, cut some corners uh, when dealing with uh, African Americans. Sure, made their but job easier. The thing, though, like, and, and if you watch like the ESPN six-part fucking like takes a whole day to watch Made in America uh, coverage of OJ. Uh, like OJ wasn't really necessarily seen as like the black guy in the community. And he was never really a part of like, especially during Vietnam when Muhammad Ali was getting all these athletes together to protest, you know, the, the drafting and, and things like that. He kind of shied away from all the politics in favor of being like rich and being like liked, you know? Sure. And, and, but <laughs> he was certainly black when, uh, the murders happened. Right. Well, they, yes. You know, you know, you can't. You could can be like, oh yeah, he lived in a white world or whatever. No. Yeah. Uh, he he was still black, and Mark Furman is a notorious racist. Mark Furman collects okay. Nazi stuff. In OJ Twenty Five, the documentary from a couple years ago, does like a dog whistle Nazi salute, like in his interview. Right. Oh God. You yeah. know. So it's like. So back back to the trial now. So like the the main turning point really. There's like. There's two real big turning points. I wish that Cato was part of the turning point. Cato Kalen, by the way, was a friend of Nicole's who was like a roommate, I believe. And then OJ, when they split, wasn't cool with him staying over there. Like he was paranoid. So he's yeah. like, come stay with me rent free. Mm-hmm. Cato was kind of like a couch surfing guy. So he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like this giant, like a pool and everything. And I get to stay at an NFL Hall of Famer's house. Yeah, exactly. So of course he leaves. Wow, so, LA's crazy. So they get a dog that they name Cato because mm-hmm. they miss him so much. That dog is the one that like alerts a neighbor to the crime scene because he's covered in blood yeah. barking. The dog's a hero. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel bad for, for Cato the dog mm-hmm. and Cato the guy. But, uh, I mean, he's doing fine now. He's like an anti-vax guy now. Oh, is he? Yeah. I follow him on Instagram. I never really yeah. see him do, do any of that. But, I, I mean, fuck, I That's can see I, that That's what I think, shit. yeah. Some stuff. But uh, the, the two main things are, A, the glove, and B, the Furman tapes. Now, what are the Furman tapes? Okay, Mark Furman was the LAPD officer who was first on the scene at Rockingham, I believe. Or he went to Bundy first, where the murders were, and Van Adder and Lang were the detectives, head detectives there. But Furman came later, and he was like, "Oh, 
I've been to OJ's house in 1985 on a domestic violence call. I'll take you guys up to the house. Very crazy coincidence, by the way. Yeah, so he's the one who goes up there. He hops over OJ's fence without a search warrant. Now, they had probable cause because there's murder or whatever. Um, but hops over, was unsupervised for 13 minutes when he could have planted evidence. Now, Furman had recently um, been disciplined by Judge Ito's wife, worked for the LAPD, was disciplined for... I forget exactly what, and he had told his supervisors, like, hey, I'm having, like, really negative, dark thoughts, I'm having PTSD from this job, whatever, and they didn't, like, do anything about it. Right. Um, so prior to the OJ trial, Furman, you know, a cop, used to getting what he wants, you know, confident, is in Westwood Village, sees a uh, pretty young woman uh, at a cafe with a laptop. Laptops are kind of an anomaly. You know, not back then, you didn't see a lot of personal computers. It's like... Oh, what's that? So, you know, chatting this woman up. Oh, you're a screenwriter. Wait, I'm a cop. You know, I could I could probably tell you some stories. I got stories. some stories, yeah. I got course. some stories. So they have a couple meetings or whatever, and um, they were she records them for, like, inspiration for dialogue. And as he's giving an example of how cops really talk, he's oh. just saying, like, some of the most horrible racist things. Can you imagine being that lady sitting there? It's like, so give me an example. And he's just like, well, end this and yeah. end that. Yeah. And you're just like... Oh, I meant like a like a like like how do you uh, write a ticket up against the wall? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like not like fucking a clan rally. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! So this guy is basically a known racist, collects Nazi memorabilia because he likes the design. You know, like it's like that's bullshit yeah. It's like dog, you're not like Lemmy. Yeah, uh, and even then, it's, <laughs> and even then, yeah. The statue of Lemmy at the Rainbow Room has the Nazi pins. Like they even <laughs> included those. It's like wow, it's authentic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Lemmy is like a rock star, not like a person who can kill you and get away with it. Yeah, who's supposed to represent the government and keep order. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a different thing. Um, Yeah, so he's like a known racist, basically. And the defense finds out that these tapes... I think the screenwriter woman had already moved out of L.A., given up on her dream of being a screenwriter. That's what it was. And they had to... I I think it was F. Lee Bailey who went down to... Because she was living like in the South. North Carolina. Yeah, and he was like... I can get these because I know those kinds of judges. So he goes and kind of adds some molasses on mm-hmm. him. Yeah. You know, and is talking. And listen, they just really help out our trial. And they, you know, those people, they didn't want OJ to get off. That was the main thing why they didn't subpoena these tapes for yeah. them. But F. Lee Bailey, again, you know, all, they called it the dream team for a reason, mm-hmm. gets these tapes, which, okay, in like an illegal aspect, it's, it was kind of a, a Hail Mary pass for them to even bring these into mm-hmm. evidence. Yeah. But they were able to. And then there was hours of these, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they're really bad. Yeah. but They're Ito, worse than what you're imagining. Judge Ito, who, uh, the judge of this whole thing, who kind of, like, relished on being on television. He collected hourglasses. And, like, he had, like, all these crazy hourglasses mm-hmm. on his thing. Which is just adds, like, a weird detail. Ito represents us, the people, the state of California. He's intrigued and mesmerized by it. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's the supposed to be neutral figure, but he can't really be neutral. He's a little corrupted by all this. It's just too shiny. It's too glittery. glittery it's too appealing. Yeah. But yeah. he's supposed to be well, and now he has this he total son away. of a bitch on the stand who had beef with his wife. So mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? Okay. But he realizes, okay, we're not going to sit here and listen to hours of these tapes. We're only going to listen to like 45 seconds of one or something. Well, well, so what had the way they got him was that um, they knew the tapes existed. So they asked Furman under oath, 
have you ever used the N-word before? But F. Lee Bailey doesn't say the Because in court, you can't say N-word when you're referring. You have to actually say the oh, word. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because oh, otherwise cool. on the record, it'll be N-word. It's like, well, no, I didn't say N-word. I said blank. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's like this whole thing where you have to say it. But F. Lee Bailey knows like this is going to snap all the jurors yeah. at the end of their seats. Because the jury, again, this trial should have happened in Santa Monica. They had it moved to Los Angeles mm-hmm. where... where the jury pool was going to be predominantly black completely changes the dynamic of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Cause it's no longer affluent white people that are going to be sitting on the jury judging this black guy who killed his white wife. Mm-hmm. Now it's black people who fucking hate the LAPD mm-hmm. because of this last shit that was happening. Yeah. So it, it's this whole thing. So F Lee Bailey gets up there. Did you ever say, blah, mm-hmm. have you ever referred to? Yeah. Well, holy shit. You know? No, and, never. And, not yeah, me. And he says, no, never. And that, fucking seals the fate of the whole thing so then they put him on the stand then the jury i don't even think the jury hears the tapes and it's their completion i don't even know they they heard like a snippet but the snippet he said the words so many times that you're just like even if you listen to 30 seconds of one of eight multi-hour long tapes you're gonna get like what you're looking for yeah so they don't hear the context he was saying it whatever as a quote or whatever but they hear him say this they put Fern on the stand again, and he's now committed perjury. He right. lied under oath. Yeah. So he has he's to fucked. plead the Fifth Amendment to prevent from incriminating himself. And when you do that, it's not like, yeah, yeah, I saw something. Yeah, I did. Boy, I plead the Fifth. It's for anything they ask you. Right. They put you on the stand, and you just go, I plead the Fifth. And if you I do it for one fifth. question, you have to do it for everything. Everything. Right. So he has to plead the Fifth to everything. God. And they're just like. so guilty. Dude, and they're just like, that. you ever use the N-word? Plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. <laughs> you ever plant evidence? Plead, Plead the, fifth. the fifth. You ever frame O.J. Simpson? They didn't go that far, but it's right. like. But they might as well have. Yeah. But it's like, obviously, this guy's a liar. Right. So this is a big cover up. There it, you go. So, yeah, you have that. And then the famous thing. And, is, and hold on. Yeah. We should also point out that it is possible that O.J. is guilty and was framed. Right. That's also a possibility. Right. He was guilty. They knew he was guilty. And so they cut some corners because they thought this would be a slam dunk. Yes. And that's what the end of the, like with Watergate, the cover up is what, what brings you down. It's yeah. It's, it's all the, and I mean, if you watch like the people versus OJ Simpson, like the uh, FX special American crime story, like the way that they present it from the start is like, this is a slam dunk. Like, holy mm. fuck. He killed these fucking women. Like we all know about his domestic violence. So like, this is, this is fucked. So yeah, I feel like that they probably thought, and also DNA evidence was new. So on one hand you have the prosecution being like, this is irrefutable evidence. Like the, the mm. like blood from these fucking two people were in his car leading a small trail up to his fucking house mm-hmm. on his fucking clothes but then you had the his dream team they had like the w- leading dna expert who had been using his powers for good to get people exonerated mm-hmm. through dna evidence and get them out of long prison sentences but they used him to like over bombard the jury with scientific jargon to confuse them so any dna evidence would be confusing mm-hmm. so if you have this guy using all these big words saying that the prosecution fucked up well then he must cuz listen to all this shit mm-hmm. i don't know what it means but it sounds good kind of a deal but uh, the glove is like the next major foley and there was the glove that they found at his house that had blood and all that stuff and so they the prosecution, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't want him to try the glove on. But the defense was like, this is a good way for us to put on like a show for the people. Yeah, the defense knew that the glove wasn't going to fit because OG had stopped taking his arthritis medication. And the glove was shriveled up and dried up because it had been wet and, and sitting in it. And he's going to have to wear a latex glove, which will make it difficult. And he's a fucking actor. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
So they, they're like, okay, either we can ask or the prosecution can ask, but it's not going to fit. So this is going to look good for us. Right. If we, if we ask and he tries it on, it doesn't fit. Okay. That's just another point for us. If they ask and it doesn't fit, we'll see like it doesn't even fit the thing. So he tries on the glove famously. He kind of shrugs like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, and he's like trying to get it on. What a lot of people don't know yes. is that the, which I didn't find out till we were watching that CNN documentary here years ago. Yeah. But, um, the following week, he tries on a brand new pair of the gloves, and they fit fine. And the designer of those – also, here's the thing. There was a receipt for mm-hmm. those gloves mm-hmm. at his house. Nicole had bought them for him. so and they the salesman knew. remembered selling them because yeah. they don't sell a lot of gloves in Los Angeles. It, not not that model and not an extra fucking large from Nordstrom. Like, no one's going to Nordstrom's getting the biggest size leather fucking gloves. You know, it's not mm-hmm. something that people with giant hands tend to wear. They bring in the guy that designed the gloves, and he literally says, that's exactly how I intended those gloves to fit that size of hand. But the damage had already been done because they saw him try on the actual one, mm-hmm. which, again, there was no way that would have fit his fucking hand, yeah. even if his hand was twice as small. Like, and, and, again, him being an actor, like, oh, this is this is struggling. So that seals the fate. The verdict comes in. October 3rd, a- 1995. Acquitted on all counts. Yeah, because the jury had been sequestered now for, like, a year. Right. They were so sick of this. Yeah. They're just like, okay, like, they went, I was on the protest, right? Where like they came in at all black at one point. Yeah. They did all, they were mad and they really were not treated well. And it's, um, you know, but like, okay, if I was on that jury and 11 of the people were like, he's not guilty. And I was like, no, he's guilty. And they're like, if you just say he's not guilty, we can all go home and see our families and sleep in our own bed. Yeah. Yeah, he's not guilty, whatever. I don't care. Like, I wouldn't care anymore. I'd be like, well, here's the deal. If I don't fucking follow you, then they're just going to redo this whole thing without us. So either way, we get to go home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just up to you. It's like we just have to tell them that we're fucking hung, and that's mm-hmm. it. But they didn't want that. And also, yeah, there was this huge pressure where, like, I mean, people are crowded now by the thousands outside of the courthouse every day for this. Mm-hmm. And if it came in guilty, there was a very high chance of the city fucking exploding again. Mm-hmm. And that's what pe- that's what a lot of people were really worried about. Mm-hmm. Security was trumped up. Like, there was cops, like, ready for some kind of huge riot again. And really, I mean, it, they were prepared for a riot either way. Because they're like, it's either going to be a celebratory, like, football game riot, or it's going to be, like, Rodney King riot. Mm-hmm. And so either way, but yeah, not guilty. And OJ kind of, like, he handles it, like, fairly well. He doesn't, like, jump up and down. Meanwhile, Johnny Cochran's like, yes! Yeah. Like, right, right there. And, of course, the famous closing argument that Cochran had, if it does not fit, you must acquit. He wasn't necessarily talking about the glove. He was talking about all the facts. Yeah. But that's just, I mean, it was too perfect, you know, mm-hmm. to show the image of OJ with the glove yeah. and if it doesn't fit, you know. He's also, wearing, when he says that, he's also wearing a beanie and a glove, right. too. <laughs> because to illustrate, he's just like... Look, I'm wearing a big. I could be me, right? I'm a famous, powerful attorney, but I'm still black, and so you can see that, whatever. Right. And Darden, the who, the like, pro, uh, assistant prosecutor. Is, yeah, who's feel feel bad for him. He was in a bad spot. He, he got railroaded for his, sure. His his closing argument is just the dumbest thing. He's just like, we got a little baby named Baby Justice. Oh my and god! And if we don't serve little Baby Justice, it's just like this really confusing metaphor. Yeah. And then, and then the defense closes with like, O.J. Simpson's a big celebrity. Why would he do this? Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, man, like, you're totally. Right. Yeah, you, you're right. Well, so then it then it's over. Then there's a civil trial. What happens with that? 
Civil trial. OJ is sued by the Goldman and Brown families, but really the Goldman's leading it, for wrongful death. So in a civil trial, the burden of proof is lower. It's not more likely than not, or it's more likely than not, a preponderance of evidence, not um, beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. So all they have to prove is that he was responsible, may, more, more likely than not, responsible for the deaths of Ron and Nicole. That means he could have done it himself. That means he could have hired someone. That means yeah. he could have been there and told somebody to do it. Like, there's enough evidence here to prove that you did do it. Mm-hmm. And also, there, like, he didn't uh, testify during his own trial. So, but in the civil defense, you, you have, have to. Have do a to. deposition. Yeah. And that, like, all this shit comes out because, like, they had said that, oh, it was like, one part of the story was that he took all the bloody clothes or the majority of them and threw them out at the airport, including the shoes that left a very specific mm-hmm. footprint at the crime scene. He said, I would never wear those ugly ass shoes. Yeah. And then they're like, well, here's a fucking picture of you wearing those ugly ass shoes. The story. Yeah. Expensive size 12 shoes. That story broken by the National Enquirer. They were the ones who broke that part of the story and right. made it such a slam dunk for the civil It's weird trial. that National Enquirer and, like, Globe became, like, reputable sources of information just for the OJ trial. 50-50, yeah. but, but a little bit, yeah. But, I mean, like, people look to it but not yeah. thinking, like, oh, this is all bullshit, but they're like, what are these, what's the Enquirer saying, you know? Well, they did break stuff, and they got people to talk who hadn't talked and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, in the civil trial, and the, you can watch this all uh, on YouTube and stuff. I'll, I'll post a bunch of videos of, of all this. But, yeah, he's, like, caught basically red-shoed, red mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and he's just, like, Fuck. And then, like, also, they interview AC, the driver, uh, you know, of the Bronco during the chase, who's like, uh, also, that's another thing people don't know, is that there was two Broncos. Mm -hmm. OJ had a Bronco, and AC had a Bronco. The Bronco that had the blood in it was the one that belonged to OJ that he drove, allegedly, to the crime scene that night. AC bought the same one, and that was the one used in the chase. Mm -hmm. Right. But AC is, like, crying, and he's like, yeah, like, I feared for Nicole. Like, everyone kind of turns. And even um, Robert Kardashian, who we failed to mention this whole time, was, like, OJ's right-hand man. He was a lawyer that gets his, like, license reinstated Mm -hmm. just to be part of his Mm -hmm. counsel. He he was, like, a real estate lawyer. He had no criminal experience. But this way, OJ had someone he could talk to that everything would be privileged. And he would be there, like, right by his side. He's the one that read the suicide note on television and also uh, fucking fathered the most famous family in the fucking world the kardashians mm-hmm. it's kind of how their name got put into the fucking mouth of americans all over mm-hmm. the place but like when the verdicts are read at the at the murder trial like he's like shocked because yeah. even by the, like because he's a smart guy and he's like listening to all this and he's like fuck this motherfucker did this shit and you could just tell he's stunned mm-hmm. but yeah so like civil trial everyone goes but now the fun starts this is like this is the real culture dumpy part of OJ because he's out, he's out and about. And yes, there, how many millions of dollars was he ordered to pay the families? Thirty-three million, or it it, it eventually accrued to thirty-three million or something. Right, but money he didn't have. But a stipulation of that was that they couldn't touch his like retirement funds. In certain from the NFL. states, there's laws, right to work stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So like income they can garnish, but not capital gains i think and it's just they were allowed to do assets and stuff because like he had an agent that helped him like kind of clear out his house of like fucking paintings Mm -hmm. and like antiques and like anything that that would have been taken the whereabouts of which are are like a vastly still unknown um probably just all got all got sold off then oj kind of goes through this period of like i could still do this people still like me but everything is like multiple tiers down from the level he was at before no more commercials no more tv appearances yeah no more sports but he does do a prank show 
for a straight to video company. And that came That a was some later. years later. Yeah, yeah, some the, years later. The first thing was a pay-per-view. Oh, crazy. Um, that came out on I think VHS and he had somebody from BET interview him, you know, kind of thing. He, he, yeah, he did do like and, and I know I think he did like a Larry King or something. He did like a big a big Couple. afterwards yeah. interview where he swears like for the rest of my life I'll be searching for the killer. And, no, well, okay, so this is this is something that he says I'm looking for the real killers. Right. Which Leads me to believe that maybe there may have been somebody else there with him, because then he would have said killer, not yeah. killers. Yeah, it's weird that he would, like, throw in that. Killers. Well, I mean, it, like, there's a lot of weird shit that he says that slips out like that. Like, for instance, when he's in Chicago, uh, after the murders happen and the police call him and they say, hey, your wife's been murdered along with another guy, blah, blah, you need to come home. He just says, okay, I'll be there. He doesn't ask what happened? Yeah, he just like mm-hmm. like he forgot to ask what happened <laughs> to them, mm-hmm. and like that's that's the first thing that one of the detectives says like struck him as like kind of odd was like yeah. well wouldn't wouldn't you ask like like murdered like how you know it's like no <laughs> like just like oh okay um I'll I'll be there soon what the fuck but yeah so he does these little appearances he's a fucking I mean he was a laughing stock during the trial in a lot of circles especially like SNL like the Norm Macdonald's mm-hmm. Weekend Update. But, the Tonight Show monologues. Yeah. Oh, Tonight. I mean, just every which way. But then he does this thing called Juiced. Oh, yeah. And, and Juiced. You still have it? Yeah, yeah I still have it. Yeah. It's one of my prized possessions. It's uh-huh. worth quite a bit now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a prank show made to be direct to video. Like, you like in between Girls Gone Wild advertisements, they would advertise Juiced, which is a play on punked. So it's a prank show where the prank just basically they all amount to – it's OJ. Like, that's the prank. Like, it's not like, oh, like, you thought you were in this crazy situation and, like, you're on it. It's like, but also, this was OJ. And he does one where he's, like, working at a, a fast food restaurant. He keeps getting everyone's orders wrong. He's like, you want some OJ with that? And he's like, huh? They don't know. They don't know. And then there's one where he's a car salesman. He's trying to sell a Bronco. And he's like, oh, it's got great escapability. Great escapability. And then, like, famously, one is uh, there's a house that's for sale. And they're going to bring in people to see this house, real people to, to, you know, prospectively buy this house. And it's owned by this rock star who has all these naked girls partying everywhere and throwing up and stuff. And then as if and then one of the people is going to be blamed for breaking something in the house. Well, all this is happening. Then OJ walks in. He's just like, hey, I'm here to see the house. And everyone's like, wait, OK, no, I didn't break that. That girl's throwing up. Wait, and OJ's here? Like, none of it makes sense. And, like, when you watch the behind the scenes or – on that OJ Made in America thing, the director talks about it, and he's like, dude, he was wasted the entire mm-hmm. time, and he refused to work with us unless, like, he had full say. So everything just boils down to chaos. Like, it's absolutely out of control. But that begets his Las Vegas years and his Miami years, mm-hmm. which are At one insane. point, he stole cable, too. He got um, fined for stealing cable or stealing DirecTV or something. When he was living what in the Florida. fuck? Yeah, it's like yeah, and uh, but they also show him like partying and like mm-hmm. like chi- like he's kind of like this niche. Like he would go to like the trashiest places where his celebrity was like like the joke and like the intrigue that it was like a murder kind of like melded mm-hmm. into one where it's like hey it's OJ fucking uh, like doing like a stabbing mm-hmm. motion like taking pictures with them and he was like all about it and then through a. a random kind of like long setting set of circumstances. He comes to Vegas to retrieve what he claims were his belongings, sports memorabilia pieces that he had sold or given to a dealer to sell for him. Well, so 
right before this is the If I Did It book. He arranges this book deal for himself for a book yeah. called If I Did It, This is How It Was Done, The Hypothetical Confession of O.J. Simpson, which if a lot of people think that you did something – don't do that. That's so weird. Yeah, but it's he couldn't be so tried weird. again, and he already lost his silver. So he's basically like okay, but just common hook. sense would tell you just cool it. Oh, for and, a second. and okay. decency, uh, two things that it seemed OJ at this yeah. point in time lacked. But like, so we were talking about the civil thing, how they couldn't like touch his pension from the yeah. NFL, which was like over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So he's mm-hmm. fine for the rest of his yeah. life. He's mm-hmm. fucking fine. But. Because he came out with this book, the Goldmans were like, that's our in. So they sued, but they were like, we like fuck, like we don't want this book where OJ's getting to just basically brag about killing these people. But if we're gonna get any of that money, we have to allow it to be published because then we can get it. Mm-hmm. So like the copy of it I have, it says like it's like the authors are basically credited as the Goldmans because they're mm-hmm. the ones that it's being published by mm-hmm. and pushed through. But didn't the ghostwriter of that book, wasn't he involved in the trial? Yeah, so here's another f- weird coincidence is while the murders are happening, Cato the dog, you remember him? Yeah. He starts barking. He, there's, at the same time, a guy who lives one block over named Pablo Finevez, who's out walking his dog, and he hears Cato barking. And he testifies during the trial that he heard the plaintive wail of an Akita. That was the term <laughs> he used, plaintive wail. Now, Pablo, this being, Chef's kiss. this being Los Angeles, uh, is also a, a screenwriter. And so the defense was able to find an unproduced screenplay he had written where he uses the phrase plaintive wail of a dog. Oh, my God. So they're like, ah, it's just Hollywood mumbo jumbo or whatever. It's one of his bits. He's just sitting on it. Yeah. Just wait. He wanted to use it somewhere. Yeah. Um, so Pablo also gets a gig ghostwriting celebrity autobiographies. And he already knew Judith Regan, who was a big publisher at the time, who um, master was like the mastermind of the If I Did It book and TV special. Um, she hosts the TV special, actually. Um, so she hooked That's him up. That's crazy shit, too. Like, okay, finish this up because we got to talk about that uh, if I did it special. Yeah, so it's going to be the book and the TV special. They both get canceled because of the backlash. And then the Goldmans are like, oh, wait, we, we got to release this book to get our money, whatever. On the day the book is released is when OJ is in Las Vegas. And his buddies are like, hey, you know. Remember when you you hit all of your assets for the civil trial? Well, Mike Gilbert, your old agent, sold a bunch of – he sold the suit you were acquitted in, pictures of your kids, all these personal items to this collector who's in Vegas right now. He has all your stuff in his hotel room. Let's go take it. Let's go get it. And OJ, you know, he's down in the dumps, his confession's out, you know, the whole Only thing. Only making over a hundred grand a year. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's never really about the money for OJ. No, it's, it's about not. the fame no, no, no. and, and yeah. the perception and stuff. So he decides, okay, they're going to go scare this guy, bring guns to the hotel room, Palace Station Hotel in Vegas. Um, the room's actually been torn down now. But um, they're always doing construction in Vegas. But yes, yeah, so OJ busts in, his friends are secretly recording him to kind of set him up. So now he's implicated in this armed robbery kidnapping trial. And in what is when is this? This is 2005, 2004, yeah, 2002, right I think, actually. People were tired of the OJ trial at this point. This was yesterday's news. This was not – there's no documentaries. There's no rediscovery. There was no reboot, whatever. Well, so much – I mean, 9-11 had happened. I mean, there, there was yeah. a whole news start the of, of, a, of, have... a, of an insane news cycle of shit far more captivating and, like, consequential yeah. than the OJ trial. And, like, yeah, it was just – like, it had be, it'd become a culture dump mm-hmm. at that time. Like, OJ had become a culture dump yeah. where it was just like, okay, like, it was huge. Like, it's now just like, ugh, like, enough OJ. Like, my parents, like, it's so funny, like – 
and like when the FX show came out, I was like, oh, are you guys going to watch that? Because I remember a block party happening on my street for the verdict announcement. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like all the, oh, all the, uh, my parents were just like, I'm so fucking sick of that. But for people our age, we're like, we're, we're, we're just a little too young to grasp it, like completely at the time. It's fucking fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So he goes to jail, book comes out, whatever. Everyone kind of forgets about everything. Because I remember the 20th anniversary. I wore my OJ shirt and I posted a little thing. Nobody cared. Yeah. Nobody was interested. <laughs> oh, OJ, whatever. I mean, a lot of fucking people came to your museum, dude. Well, that was after the OJ reboot. Oh, that's Emmy right. winning miniseries, right. an Oscar winning documentary. That's right. Yeah. A whole new reappraisal of the whole thing. Within, you know, also, I think we need to mention that in the 90s, uh, child abuse, wife beating, weren't as frowned upon as they are today, <laughs> even as recently as, as the 1990s. Sure. People just kind of joked about it, looked the other way or whatever. You, you could get away with a lot more back well, then. Well, there was the, the victim blaming was a lot yeah. bigger thing. Not necessarily with, with – I mean, even with, with – Michael with, Jackson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got all those kids. <laughs> he's molested all of them. And then you look at it and it's like, oh, yeah, of course the weird guy with a theme park in his house yeah, what the is fuck? luring children there so he can molest them. Right. Yeah. No, it, it, exactly. There was a lot of blind eyes being turned. You know? Yeah, it just wasn't and, as... and, I mean, we talked about the Menendez brothers briefly. Mm. That, I mean, as far as Michael Jackson stuff, like, that kind of goes with that because with the Menendez brothers, you had the creation of the abuse excuse, mm-hmm. which is, like, a terrible fucking term used to victim blaming to get guilty people off. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, of course... You know, they killed their parents because, you know, yeah. they were abused. And there's there's a lot to say for that. You know what I mean? But the fact that the media t- took that and ran with it, and like using literally the word excuse after the word abuse, mm-hmm. it kind of takes away. And, yeah, there's victim blaming, like, especially with, like, sexual assault stuff with, like, where it's a woman versus a man. Mm-hmm. Like, people were a lot more likely to be like, well, what was she wearing? Why was yeah. she there? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, yeah, with OJ, and celebrity was a lot more powerful. We don't have celebrities the way that we used to. Right, right. Because we have these lame influencers and no-talent idiots. Right. I mean, and people do bad shit all the time now, and, they, and then they get punished for it. So there's mm-hmm. no, like, larger-than-life, like, yeah. you know. I mean, mm-hmm. Phil Spector, for fuck's sake. Like, if Phil Spector had been busted in the 90s for doing this, he probably would have gotten off, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, David Letterman had that uh, – was a notorious sexual harasser on the show. Had a scandal, almost cost him his career in, like, the early 2000s. Retired just before Me Too, and he's still beloved. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's an old man. He has a beard now. Oh, he's just enjoying his retirement. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, the, so along with the documentaries and fictionalized miniseries and stuff, there is also kind of this new um, slant on it where you want to not right the wrongs of the past necessarily because people still love OJ. But it... it we now have more language to talk about these things that we didn't have in the nineties. Right. And also the use of DNA is like the go-to thing in forensics. And like, it's like, I mean, with the rise of true crime popularity and all that, like the, the average everyday person that watches TV, like understands that if you have DNA evidence, that's it. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case back then, you know? So, so you have that. Um, but when the, the, if I did it television special after the, FX thing came out and made in America. They did release it and they released it as it, like it came out after OJ was granted parole. Actually. Right. Yeah. That so was, let's, there fuck, was a, let's just make sure that everyone knows he's an asshole now that he, we're going to send him back out into the world. There's a spike in his popularity when he's granted parole. There's uh, August 2017. I remember it very distinctly broadcast on the news, the parole hearing, just like the old days. It was like, 
like that Sex in the City reboot they did or right. the Friends reunion. Oh, God. It was that. Yeah. Before that, it was like, right. oh, they're doing hey, OJ. He's in the courtroom again. Oh, they're, oh, man, he looks older. Reunion. Yeah, you know, whatever. He looks older. Oh, he got so old. Whatever. So, yeah, so he gets out. There's this renewed interest in OJ. This is when we did the OJ Museum, coincidentally. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the If I Did It special comes out, filmed in 2006. But there's 2018. Um, and he's essentially confessing to murder. He says some of the craziest shit. Like, he, he talks about, um, like, he's, he's talking about destroying Nicole's car with a baseball bat. And he's saying, like, I mean, I paid for it. So it's like, it's, I'm not, like, hitting Be- her car. Because he's also kind of acting in it, too, because it's a thing for the camera. He keeps saying, fellas, you know how it is, yeah. fellas. <laughs> like, and some of the guys. And then, and then you know, what's actually great about the 2018 special is they have one of Nicole's, then they're showing the older special from 2006. Yeah. But then 2018, they have... Darden, they have uh, an, an abuse expert and one of Nicole's friends there watching it back, giving their commentary. Right, and they are stunned. And then and they're and they're like, okay, so when he says stuff like, and now this part is true, you know that the other stuff that he said was true is not true because he's qualifying and he's ranking. Yeah, he's how always much says hypothetically yeah. now. Yeah. Hypothetically, I and mean, this part is true. Yeah, I never did. You know, whatever. So he's like, well, that's so they really break it down, and they're just like. Yeah, you know, it takes an average of seven attempts for someone to get away from an abusive relationship. And, yeah, and then and then they're breaking it down where it's like not this sensational media trial, not a celebrity thing, but it's just like, okay, if you were to do this, this is how you, this is how yeah. it's done. Yeah, exactly. It's so fucking crazy. And then so like also the whole thing is that like the OJ thing begets the Kardashians, of course, you know, not, not directly, but like, I mean, those girls were going to try and be famous anyways. They had the money, but they're the first time anyone ever heard the name Kardashian. Mm-hmm. That's true. Was this, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was always in the back of their head and very, I've seen all of keeping up with the Kardashians. They do bring it up every once in a while. And like Chris Jenner has done interviews about it. It's a huge part of their lives. It's a huge part of their Kim lives. Kim was in the courtroom. Yeah. And like, you know, allegedly OJ almost was going to like blow his brains out in Kim's Teenage bedroom. It was which, actually Courtney's room. I oh, think. Courtney's room. Okay, but then on the show they changed it to Kim because she's because she's the more famous, famous one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck the media. Yeah. God damn it. Fuck that miniseries too. But, by but the then way. also Tubin. you have Faye Resnick, who was Nicole's friend, who mm-hmm. was like dragged into the into the trial like by name because. Johnny Cochran was like, well, maybe Nicole was killed by Colombian drug lords who were actually coming after her friend Faye Resnick for a fucking coke deal gone south. It's like, how much coke do you think Faye Resnick would have been buying? Like, a fucking multiple key? Like, this isn't blow. She would have been fucking buying, like, a baggie for the night, you know? But then, you know, but Faye Resnick, she's been on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah, so I think, actually, people say, oh, the Kardashians, it's the start of reality TV. Well, no, it's not. A... Well, an American Family is the first reality right, show. Right. Yes. But yes. that's a documentary. The Real World is the first reality show. Real World is that's the why first, the name really Real is in yeah. the name of the genre. Right. So Cops and the Real World. <laughs> yeah, but like the name literally comes from the Real World. That's where it, that's the derivation. Whatever. The OJ trial is not the first reality show. However, the Housewives shows that came out around 2005, I think, it was Real Housewives of Orange County. That I think is the direct pop culture lineage of OJ. Beyond the racial stuff, beyond the media critiques, whatever. It's Nicole was from Orange County. 
Right. She's the she's a little older, but she's the same she age. She very as well women. could have been on that show. She, she would have alive. been. Yeah. She would have been one of the. She was planning on moving back to Orange County before she was murdered. And it's like her sitting with her friends at lunch at some posh restaurant. So are you gonna see OJ? Is he coming to the Christmas party? She's like, I don't know. I know. And like, he's, that's and like it, a moment yeah. that would have fucking happened. Yeah. I met OJ when I was eighteen. Like it's all normalized how they do it. You, <laughs> I can totally. Cause I've seen so many of these. You can see shows. it. Yeah. Totally, she's buried not too far from where. OC Housewives live. That's like insane. she wound up there anyway. Yeah, it, it's it's so fucking crazy. And and then I mean, and there's like a, we're we're like you know grazing over this. We, I mean, obviously this is the the big chunk of the the episode, and you know so much about this. But there's so many. I mean, the countless books. Like part of your museum that you had was all the books that came out. Everyone involved with the trial released a best selling book. Mm-hmm. Everyone except for and, Ito. Except for Ito, probably a good idea. Um, you know, <laughs> Jesus. But, like, even uh, famed prosecuting attorney of the Charles Manson trial, Vincent Bugliosi, he writes a book called Outrage. Yeah. And then, further, goes to release a five VHS set where he does a complete beginning-to-end mock trial with actors in a courtroom and everything showing how he would have persecuted the case and how he would have fucking got the guy locked up. And he interviews, like, Faye Resnick, Furman, everyone that no one else wants mm-hmm. to interview because they're, like, the worst people. He's like, nope, these are the most important people to interview. And it's just, like, it's so fucking bizarre. But the last thing for OJ is Twitter. When So oh, OJ so... gets on Twitter, and that's kind of where we're at with him now. He gets on Twitter when the Goldman, who The Goldmans are a whole other weird thing where it's, like, it's weird for a murder victim's family to be so unlikable. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, they're so just off-putting. It's weird, right? I mean, I don't, I don't like, I've never, like, disliked them. Really? I mean, like, I mean, I always just felt bad for them. Like, they, like, they have to they, sit there while this fucking guy. But they like, have this gleeful bloodlust about it. Their whole lives, where, beca- like, their family business became Ron was murdered. Yeah, by the killer. Like, they... They talk more about OJ than they do Ron when they're talking about the thing. It's like they're swept up and they do more. They release the book for God's sake. Yeah. They do more to keep you the story really going. You never really saw Nicole's family doing that. No, because – and you don't you don't typically see a victim's family in a way that's like, I'm going to dance on his grave kind of thing. It's right. like, yeah. this is a horrible tragedy that never should have happened that was avoided. You know, it's not this just sort of like, he's got this weird snidely whiplash mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's you know, prating his grieving daughter around to the cameras. And it's... Yeah. It, I mean, I, 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 I can see that. Again, I just, I still fucking feel bad for, for that. Yeah, I know. But, their relative got murdered. It's a horrible tragedy. But yeah. But the I, way yeah. that they have handled this and have... I mean, they they did an interview with like was it Steve Harvey or somebody. Like they'll just do any interview, they'll, any any time. Still to this date, like when the, when the FX show came out, of course, and the media. He, going back to how evil the media is, it's like let's get the Goldmans to talk about how much, like how far their heart has now been broken again because now there's a TV show. Oh, and now this yeah. documentary, mm-hmm. and now everyone's they like, appear in we're always gonna find a way to keep this a part of their lives. I have heard stories. So Fred Goldman worked. He might be retired now, but worked. After the trial, in the men's department at the Nordstroms at the Scottsdale, Arizona Mall. And it was – he was very in the public. He would eat the food court. Some people talked to him. Some people weren't. But I knew somebody who also worked at that Nordstroms. 
And they said everyone kind of hated him because like, he has all this money. He doesn't need to work here or whatever, which is also like a weird thing. Yeah. Um, to like hate, be jealous that he has money because his son got murdered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, he was, they, the impression that I've gotten from people who saw him at the mall was that he very much liked the attention that this brought him. And I'm sure that that was very conflicting. Yeah. To, just like the America's Most Wanted guy has this career off of his son because being his son had his murdered. fucking head cut off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was this element of it. You know what I mean? You, you dance with the devil. Like, what's going to happen? Um, so the Goldmans, uh, Kim Goldman, the, the sister, decides that she's going to make a podcast about this whole thing. Right. Which is, um, has so many inaccuracies in it. Um, it's it, listen to it if you want. Maybe it's a little biased. She doesn't have very nice things to say about me. I'll tell you that. Oh, um, yeah. oh, oh, fuck. That, yeah, dude. Yeah, but I mean, she calls me Alex. My name is Adam. Like that's the easiest thing to fact check. <laughs> it says it right on the website. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, in but his, it's honest. Okay, in your defense, though, your your tour doesn't necessarily do OJ any favors. No. Yeah, that's no. not. It's not your angle at all. I'm not doing anything that they're not doing. There you either. go. So, you know, you put it out there. It's This is news, whatever. I'm sorry your, your brother got killed. Anyway, so OJ's response to this podcast, he's going to get ahead of it by joining Twitter, where he posts videos, no text. That's interesting. Yeah. He's the only person I can think of who uses Twitter as a video platform only. And it's just him talking about politics and fantasy football, hanging out in Vegas. You hear this? You hear about this? It's like a lot of like, you hear about this? Well, let's talk football. Really like the Rams this year. And he actually knows a lot about football. Well, yeah. you got to give him that. No. <laughs> Say what you want about OJ. Guy he does know a lot his, about guy football. Guy knows his pigskin. He does. He yeah. does. He knows a lot about it. He has interesting comments and stuff. Uh, but it's like this parallel universe where none of this ever happened. Right. He's just, you know, joking around, it's not, having I, fun. And he and it's crazy because he did go to prison, granted for something else, yeah. but he spent several years in prison mm-hmm. unfazed. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and he hangs out at, what? The, what is it, the Red Rock? Yeah, 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 the Red yeah. Rock Casino in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot Summer of people land. that live there, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. People will go there, like if they're bored, like let's go see if OJ's there, uh-huh. and like they get pictures with them, yeah. and people send them diet cokes and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, I recently saw like TMZ. This was well, recently. This was maybe four years ago, but TMZ posted a picture. He was at a Halloween party, mm-hmm. and he was wearing a doctor's coat that said like. Seymour Bush, like yeah. Dr. Seymour Bush, gynecologist, and he had a big old glass of red wine, and people are taking pictures of him. There's also a great one where these women are like, oh, OJ, get a picture, and he, like, gets a little, like, too comfortable, and he's, like, gonna kiss one, and they're like, whoa, like, and, like, TMZ took it, and, like, we're just slowing it down to see this woman's face, be like, whoa, don't kiss me, like, it's so fucking yeah. crazy. So, yeah, he's doing great. <laughs> it turns out that this was actually a pretty good plan that he had. Because people still don't believe he did it. People still think he's innocent. Even people that, like myself, who steadfastly believe he did it, I would have no problem going up to him and getting a picture. Yeah. So it actually kind of, he was right all along. God damn it. Son and it bitch. all kind of worked out for him. Son of a bitch. And then the conspiracy theories, the, the leading one being it was his son from his first marriage. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Glenn Rogers, I think is the name. Yeah, or Serial drug killer. dealers, or just an accomplice. Uh, this guy, Charles Ehrlich, who was with him in the Vegas robbery. Uh, um, he's yeah, Charlie. So, um, I don't know. I feel like if he was going to pay someone to help him, they were, there would have been some traceable transaction. You can like, stop right there. That prov- that requires so many more and buts, well, what ifs, yeah. than the wife beater yeah. <laughs> killed his 
got a little too mad one night and finally killed her. Well, I love like it. Like he I, had I, been threatening <laughs> to do for years. I, I, on your tour, like, the, again, I don't know how you do it now because you've been doing, you know, I know you've, like, fine-tuned it. But I remember when you were doing it, like, you know, mostly for Buzz, you'd post on Facebook you were doing it or whatever. I remember you started where it's like, you know, he was acquitted, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to do this tour like he did. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, that, gonna go ahead and say, we're just yeah. going to go ahead and say that he did it. So it, make, it makes everything easier to yeah. explain. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, it makes a lot more fucking sense. Uh-huh. I'll say that right now. But anyways, Adam, uh, plug your, where do we find your tours if, if for people that are coming to LA or going to be in LA? Yeah. Cool. LA tours.com. Um, and then they each have their own like housewives tour.com, the OJ tour.com stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll be running through the summer. Awesome. Anything else you got to plug? Uh, no, I'm kind of taking a little, little step back, a little wilderness. The election took a lot out of me. Yeah. I'm um, still kind of recalibrating. Still recovering and, yeah. from running for governor. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, for all, we're, I'm going to be posting so much OJ shit on our Patreon. So if you want to see some crazy videos of that stuff, sign up to patreon.com slash culture dumps. Follow us on Instagram at culture dumps and send us suggestions of new dumps and comments on ones that we've already done to culture dumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been joined by Adam Papagan. Keep on dumping.